It's the morning show that no one knows and no one is talking about. I said no one is talking about, but if they did, they'd probably say it's the best way to start today with Rach and Dave. That's right. That's right. Ladies, gentlemen, day three of the last night of day challenge is happening and we are already deviating from plan. Oh man, there's gonna be a message in this. Good morning, hello. This is not the hills of some uh, resort where Rachel is having girls trip, because guess what? The internet doesn't work there. Uh, something we found out about, I don't know, seven minutes ago. So uh, it's your old pal Dave sitting uh, in the loneliest room of the Hollis house, the one that usually has my wife, Rachel, who is the captain of this ship sitting next to me. And yet, we shall persevere. Uh, I feel a message coming on. I feel a message coming on. Good morning. If you uh, accidentally found yourself looking at me with this beautiful color-coordinated bookshelf behind you and you wonder what the heck you're doing here, you're probably not alone, number one. But two, my name is Dave Hollis. I am married to Rachel Hollis. We collectively work together, have four humans together, have been married for about a decade and a half and are currently engaged in day three of a little something that we're calling the, nine, the last 90 days, 90 day challenge. Last 90 days, the idea that we are going to finish the year as strong as we possibly can so that we might, as we start the next year, already be at an unbelievably higher level that we will then jump into the new year uh, in a great way. It's gonna let us, I think, not even think, I know, it's gonna let us roll into the holidays in a way that has us uh, more grounded and established in some habits that are gonna make us show up the way that we would hope to and want to show up. Now, if you were here yesterday, you may remember that we had a great plan. Our plan was that Rachel Hollis, who has left for girls trip, God bless her, I'm so excited for her, she's left for girls trip, she is with two amazing human beings. These humans are sitting on rocking chairs. They're looking at fences that have like those three rungs that go east, west against the horizon. I got a picture last night. It was a video of her watching fireflies. Uh, I think they're probably having wine. It's great. Yesterday, we had a conversation about Rachel leading this conversation today and tomorrow that today was workbook Wednesday. And then you know what happened? Like eight minutes ago, because it's 8.08, I got an email, I got a text, I got a FaceTime, I got something that said, uh, hello, life just showed up. It turns out you can sit on patios with rocking chairs made of wood and it doesn't come with internet or you get no rocking chairs. They opted for rocking chairs and no internet. And so, not today, Satan. That's right. We're gonna, we're gonna do this ourselves because the lesson in this is a good one. And that is, uh, you can go ahead and make a plan, but you better have, uh, have a backup plan, right? You, you can make a plan for how you're gonna get through these next 87 days, but inevitably the thing that you are planning to have happen in your life is gonna be upended by internet not existing in some cool getaway for girls or 
by your kid getting sick, by rain coming out of the sky, by something that you were not expecting getting in your way. And I gotta say, like, I love seeing how many people have been tagging their experiences in all of their last 90 day miss. But the people that I think I like the most, I saw uh, someone in their stories last night show a picture of her and her, and she happened to be with her dog, like getting cover out of the rain where they had just traversed at, a, at an hour that was later than they were expecting their 30 minutes of exercise when the morning didn't show up the way that they were necessarily expecting. And though the evening showed up with rain, she had to get that in. She had to do that. So here she found a way, even though it was wet, even though it was late, even though it was dark, uh, she found a way. And the reality is you're going to have to find a way too, uh, because life is inevitably going to show up in a way that doesn't necessarily want to accommodate you achieving everything that we are setting out to achieve inside of this mission here to show up as well as we can for ourselves for the last three months of the year. Um, we're going to actually send an email out today. Uh, in the email, we're going to send a couple of things. One of the things, man, I just love this community because this community is coming up with so many creative ways to try and like equip not just themselves, but ultimately other people in the challenge with tools to stay on track and find a way to, you know, kind of keep track of what um, you've done through the day. So someone has created this really cool tracker and we're going to, I got permission from our friend on uh, the interwebs. Um, we're going to send that out as a PDF so that if there are any of you that are wondering how the heck do I keep track of whether or not I got my water done? How do I keep track of whether or not uh, I've made my gratitude list? How do I keep track? There's going to be an opportunity for you to keep track. I've seen some people already using it. Some of them are using Colors like, hey, I'm going to do blue for my gratitude and red for my working out. Awesome. If you want to do colors, that's great. But the good news is we're going to provide a tool for that. And then separately, there is a little planning doc that Rachel Hollis herself worked up that starts with an exercise that we're going to call vision casting, which is um, basically, hey, if you were to live out the rest of the year as the best version of yourself, what does it look like with the prompt for you to be unbelievably specific in exactly how the best version of you shows up? Now, why does that matter? Rachel has said many, many times, if you shoot for nothing, if you shoot for nothing, you will hit it every single time. So if we can work on actually creating a vision in your mind's eye of what it is that you hope to be as you show up at Thanksgiving dinner, as you show up for your kids this weekend when we're not doing live streams on Saturday and Sunday, as you um, show up when you get back into work on Monday and somebody decides to be rude to you, what is that best version of yourself? Because then as you write it down and put it out in, in a space that lets you go back and refer to it, It'll be a prompt that will actually hopefully run in the like, background of your subconscious that as you start to stray from that best version of yourself, whoop, you can get right back in. 
Um, you know, like I know we're focusing on this five to thrive. If you're new, I'm going to do it real quick. Sorry if you're, uh, you know, super schooled in this, but getting up an hour early and doing something for yourself, drinking half of your body weight in ounces of water, exercising for 30 minutes, giving up one category of food, goodbye bread, which by the way has bled into goodbye carbs. Hello. I had rice last night that was not rice. It was made of cauliflower. And then ultimately also focusing all day long on things that you are grateful for so that at the end of the day, you can write down the 10 things that you are most grateful for, okay? But I went through this exercise also. Like, what does the best version of myself show up like? And when you have the the five to thrive as a foundation, all of a sudden, honestly, like I found myself sitting on the ground, reading an extra book to Noah. I found myself spending some time with, with Ford in the garden that he worked on last night. I found myself taking a little extra time with Sawyer last night at a baseball game where he pitched for the first time. Oh, we got to talk about that in a second. I spent a little bit of time with Jackson in his room, having a conversation about just life. And the headline is, when I was writing down, what does the best version of me show up as? A super intentional, making eye contact, not device in hand father was a part of what I wrote down. And so in addition to getting my water and doing my exercise and getting up early and the things that I have to do to pour into me, I started to really think about how can I right now, even though I just had a long day at work, how can I right now, even though I don't want to go to the makeup game on Tuesday night when Rachel's out of town and it starts at 7.15 and it's dark and I'm tired, how can I right now show up as this super intentional, super uh, like looking them in the eye, let's connect and have a real conversation kind of dad. Writing it down was the first step. So we're going to give you a little bit of a tool that lets you write down what you would look like if you were to live out the rest of the year as the best version of yourself. If you don't have something to aim at, you will hit it every single time. If you have something to aim at, you may miss here and there. But at least you're going to have a a sense of how showing up as the best version of you looks so that you're at least aware of keeping yourself accountable for when you realize you've pulled away from that best version of yourself. It's going to be, I think, super, super helpful. Um, Then we're going to give you the prompts of just inside of the five to thrive. What are you planning to do with the one hour for yourself? Right? Like, it doesn't have to be the same thing every day. Like, I spent my morning this morning with my one hour. I listened to some worship music in a, like a spot where I could see the sunrise. It was awesome. But you can like, whatever you decide to do, just like make sure that at least you're putting it down on a piece of paper so that there's a sense of purpose before you wake up and have to try and figure it out, right? So you may be a person who likes to get your workout in, in that first hour, because that may be the only hour that you have to work out. Fantastic, write that down, right? How do you make a plan for your, your drinking of the water? Question mark. Like the water, it turns out, is turning out to be something that is harder for people than I would have given credit to them. And the answer is you probably are just now getting used to having to consume as much water as you are. So. If you can develop a little bit of a, hey, I'm going to try and drink this much 
by this hour and this much by this hour, you know, someone said, you just drink it. And that is true. You just drink it. I mean, like I chug me some water and I, I finish my water by 3 PM because I like to not have to get up and go to the bathroom all night. I'm weird like that. But if you are struggling to drink your water, we're going to give you a little piece of paper that lets you put down on a page. When are you going to drink your first eight ounces. When are you going to drink your next eight ounces? And that way it'll just help you keep on track. You're working out 30 minutes each day. For some of you, this is the first time that you're going to work out more than one time a week or the first time maybe that you're working out. If like hope is not a strategy is written on so many Yeti things in our house, but like, let's not hope that you make it to the gym or hope that you get your exercise in. We're going to give you this sheet that can help you write down right now how are you going to approach getting your exercise in on an every single day basis? I've, I've seen some people saying, I didn't get an email. I haven't sent an email yet. We uh, are working in real time to get this email delivered to everyone who signed up. So um, we have only had a single email go out. It was the first day's email. So as soon as um, we're done with us having this conversation, you're going to get the little tracker and you're going to get this little working prompt that'll help you lay out your plan. But my suggestion would be, to mix up your exercises. Uh, I have gone through last 90 days two years in a row. This is my third year. And if there was something that helped make the 90 days work well, it was not doing the same exercise every single day. So guess what? There's a prompt. What are you going to do on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday? Have a strategy for how you're going to accomplish you're working out before you are trying to put your shoes on in the morning when maybe the sun has not yet come up and you are going to be way more successful with it. Um, I would, I would also like, there's a prompt here that says troubleshoot. What could possibly deter you from getting your workout in, right? What backup plan do you have? If it rains, what is your backup plan? If your sitter doesn't show up, what is your backup plan? If your legs are cramped because you ran yesterday and you were planning to run again today, what is your backup plan, right? The getting ahead of and having just a little bit of a plan for how you're going to get through it make a huge difference in whether you can pull it off or not. Uh, and then there's some other prompts for um, the food and how you're planning to set yourself up for success in the uh, not eating the food that you know you ought not be eating category. Uh, and then ultimately also a little bit of a prompt for gratitude. So we're going to send you this workbook Wednesday. It's still a thing. It's a thing when the internet works. It's a thing uh, that now is going to fall on my lap as I am going to be the email sender. I first have to find out how to actually send an email to everyone who has signed up for the program, but good news. You're going to get it very, very quickly. I'm excited. Um, last night, I put up a post. Uh, this is a little uh, separate from last 90 days, but feels like it's also coordinated and connected. So I want to tell this story. So yesterday, the kids had a half day at school. There's some preparation for like back to school night or whatever it might be. So the kids have a half day. <clears throat> the people inside of this Texas community have been so amazing in there, reaching out and asking if our children can participate in things with their children. And so Sawyer, my 10-year-old, was invited to go to a state park and go climb a mountain, which, I mean, come on, is uh, an amazing thing, but also was something that he was a little reluctant to be excited about because 
Uh, he has a little bit of a fear of heights. He doesn't know, he didn't know whether or not he could actually make it up this mountain. It's always warm in Texas. And yet here he was being invited to go with friends. And so he said, yes, I'm going to go. So around 2 p.m., maybe 3 p.m., I get a picture of him standing on the top of this mountain that he has himself climbed. He's on top of like a boulder on top of a mountain. And he has this look of overwhelming sense of accomplishment. And as a dad, you're like, yes, yes. He climbed this massive mound and he found himself on top of it feeling very, very good about having achieved something great. Okay, so this is three o'clock. So at 7 p.m., so now four hours later, I come home. He's so proud. Look at this picture. Here I am. I mean, there was another picture where a couple was getting engaged or married on top of these rocks. And here they are creeping in the back, trying to, you know, be in the back. Anyway, he is so, so proud of this accomplishment. And I am so proud of him. High five. Good work. He's still got his good hair. He's got this huge smile on his face. It's time to get his baseball jersey on. We uh, drive ourselves, put Noah down for bed. We have a sitter who's going to stay with the other boys. I'm taking Sawyer to his baseball game. And as we get in the car, he says, guess what? I'm pitching tonight. Which, if Sawyer was a pitcher every single day, that would not be news. But Sawyer has never pitched one single pitch in the history of his illustrious not illustrious baseball career. So my first reaction as a father who likes to protect their kids from being exposed to things that can hurt their feelings or make them struggle or whatever was, wait a second. I mean, I didn't say it out loud, but my first thought legitimately was, wait a second, hold on. Uh, someone wants to put you on the mound and we have not yet ourselves worked out the mechanics of how pitching works. You're pitching tonight? Okay. So we get to the field, and I can tell that he's nervous because our drive over, it's a 12-minute drive, there's 11 minutes of basically silence because he's processing, oh, my goodness, I am going to be standing on a mound, throwing a ball to a human that hopefully doesn't hit a human and, in fact, strikes a human out. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, this is, I'm nervous, all of those things. So here comes the second inning. And sure enough, the boy gets the ball. And he climbs on that mound. He climbed on a mound at 2 p.m. He had this triumphant feeling of success for having conquered the mountain. He pushed himself into an uncertain space, and he, he, was, he was on top of it. He achieved it, and it was good, and he felt good. At 7.30 p.m., he climbed on another mound. He climbed another mountain, the pitching mound of field three, where we live, and he did not do well. He did not do well. And as a dad who wants to see their kids do well, um, my first like instinct was like, I will uh, I'll bullpen, I'll go get him, I'll like let him come on out of the end. No, that's the wrong instinct. It was the wrong instinct because as much as uh, he had to throw a lot of pitches to get through that inning, and as much as he got two outs, he did not make it to three outs because they have a five-run rule. He got two outs. They scored their five runs. Um, the two outs were strikeouts. He struck two people out, right? 
the accomplishment in those strikeouts was balanced against his obvious acknowledgement that there was something in him not having mastered pitching yet that was letting someone walk to first that was forcing someone who was already on first and second and third score a run because of his pitching not being great. And as he came off the field, the team cheered for his willingness to step out onto that mound and throw that pitch. So I have this story now of in five hours worth of time, two times when my son stepped onto a mound, he climbed a mountain. One of the times he felt an overwhelming sense of accomplishment because he made it to the top, it was good and he felt great. The second time he climbed to the top, he was humbled by the experience of climbing that mound. And it was hard and he held back tears And when I have to hold in my hand which experience was better for him, as much as I like it when my kids get the things that they want, and as much as I think we as human beings like to get the things that we want, sometimes the things that we need and the thing that he needs in his journey more than the accomplishment of standing on top of that mountain was the humbling experience of pushing through the adversity of not necessarily having mastered pitching so that he could grow. Growth does not happen in our comfort zone. Sawyer went into two different opportunities yesterday where he went out of his comfort zone and because of his willingness to do it, he grew. For a lot of you, you're walking into a challenge for 90 days that makes you uncomfortable. And guess what? It's only gonna become more comfortable over time. But you cannot grow unless you get outside of your comfort zone. So welcome to this community of people who have said, I'd rather grow even if it's uncomfortable. I'm going to climb on the mound even if I'm exposed for not having every single pitch wired. I mean, God bless this coach. I love the humanity inside of Texas. This coach of his walked out to the mound and had to like hold his arm and show it how to throw in the middle of the game, right? You're going to be in this challenge and you're going to start to wonder if you've got what it takes to keep getting up. If you've got what it takes to do the 30 minutes of exercise, if you can really go to the bathroom as many times as it takes to drink as much water as you're drinking. And so you may need to look in this community to find someone who can hold your arm up and and teach you a little bit of how they're pitching so that you know it's okay. And know that when you struggle through this, your struggle in this is going to be how you grow into the person that you wanna be. The work that you're gonna do on that piece of paper, how does the best version of me show up in the rest of this year? The struggle is what will get you to that version consistently. So don't push back against the struggle. The point is the struggle. If it wasn't hard, you wouldn't grow. If it didn't stink sometimes, you wouldn't find ways to create new habits. So be comfortable in the discomfort of taking on a challenge that many other people aren't. And when other people try to speak into your choice for deciding to climb on the mound, Unless they're on the mound already, unless they're already a better pitcher, unless they've already mastered rock climbing, do not give their opinion any weight. 
Now, if they're an amazing pitcher, they understand the, the science of handling a 90-day challenge and they want to give you a little advice and they do it in a way that builds you up, that fuels you, fantastic, listen to them. But if they've never been on the mound, if they've never taken the ball and thrown it, even though they didn't know the mechanics of pitching, do not let them deter you from this mission. Whew. Rachel's not even here. I am feeling, I'm feeling the spirit of Rachel. I don't understand what's happening. I'm not on a girl's trip, clearly. Uh, all right. It's 829. We are officially 25 minutes into this because I did start five minutes late. Holla. Uh, is there uh, any questions for the one-man wrecking crew that is me? If you showed up late, man, rewind it. Let's start over and have a conversation about how you're going to chase down day number three. Get out of your comfort zone so you can grow. Let's do it. Uh, any questions before we uh, get to me Googling how do you get an email to 300,000 people who are taking part of a 90-day challenge? Where did I get my shirt? At the Kona Brewing Company, of course. Uh, there's many times that we've told a fateful story <clears throat> of... Uh, the worst vacation that we've ever taken that was the most needed uh, low point in my life to help change all of the things. Well, I mean, separate from us having to have a really hard conversation about how I was showing up for my life, I also got this T-shirt. <laughs> anyway, for those of you that have heard the story of how our, uh, I know we're the people that complained about a vacation in Hawaii, but uh, if you've ever heard the story of our vacation in Hawaii, here, here it is. There you go. Uh, are you supposed to give up one food group for the entire 90 days or can you switch up every 30 days? Here's the thing. If you can start on day one and have for 30 days not had that food for 30 days, I would absolutely encourage you to then pick a different food. 30 days is about the kind of time that you need to not have a thing for the cravings of that thing to go away. So if you get through 30 days and you have not had, if I get through 30 days, when I get through 30 days and I've not had bread, then I can pivot into something else and give something else up. Um, the, the headline is, and I hate to say this and I don't want this to be self-fulfilling for anyone, but it's a hard thing to give up something that you have a habit in putting in your body for 30 days. So it usually takes about 90 days for people to get the 30 days right. If you can do three things in 30 days, you are expert level and we will give you a special badge on Facebook. Uh, uh, on Facebook, there is a group, it's called uh, Made For More. It's a private group. Uh, you just request, because you're taking part in the challenge, to be added as a member and very quickly you'll be added and then you will be in community with people who are amazing, period. They are just like, on, it's, a, it's, it's basically run by the community kind of page. And people go in there and say all of the things, hey, I had this really hard thing happen. And almost immediately, there are hundreds of, hundreds of comments of people that are just there to be supportive and uplifting. Um, like, what are you gonna do if you fall down? You're gonna get back up. And if you need to be inside of a community like Made For More to represent, hey, look, I thought I could do this and here's why I couldn't, you're going to basically get a bunch of people telling you, one, give yourself some grace, but two, get back up. Let's go, get back up and go do this. Where can you get the Made For More hats? You can go to theshopforward.com and you type in Made For More and you can see them there. The nice thing about the Made For More hats is that uh, – 
part of the proceeds every single time goes to help support the uh, charity that we uh, have been working with for a long time inside of the foster care space called Austin Angels or uh, Austin uh, National Angels. Uh, so anyway, go go check that out if you'd like to have a hat. Uh, tips for not beating yourself up when you fail. Surround yourself with a community of people that can help encourage you through this. Uh, if you are currently doing this without anyone who is already a part of your life, invite them to join you. Uh, invite them to join you so that they can, uh, one, encourage you, but also so they can be an accountability partner for you. If they've done their 30 minutes of exercising and you haven't, ask them if they will be encouraging of you in uh, a positive kind of way. Uh, what are some ways to keep your spouse accountable with any challenge without being overbearing? You have to do this for yourself. You cannot make your spouse, your friend, your mother, your anyone do anything. So don't worry necessarily about telling them, fixing them, helping them. Do it for you. And when they see the results for your having made a choice that was about you and not necessarily them, let their curiosity pull them into this and have it be something that is motivated for them inside of themselves. If you try to motivate them or push them or in any way, you know, make them feel like they are bad for not having done this, they may, they might start, but they won't finish. So they, it's gotta be something that is motivated inside of them. So uh, do that. Uh, any other questions? What's the web page again? The web page. Which web page? Uh, Lashiksite.com uh, forward slash email is where you can sign up if you do not currently get the email because the email on Sunday is where the journals are going to be made available via link. So if you saw the journals in my stories yesterday, you saw Rachel talking about the stories. On Sunday, they will come out in an email, thechicsite.com forward slash email. Sign up there. It will be there. Um, the Made For More hats are on theshopforward.com. Just type in Made For More and you will see that. Uh, yesterday, there was a great Rise podcast episode, by the way. Uh, if you did not listen, I, I encourage you to do it. Charity Water uh, founder, CEO, was the uh, guest of Rachel, and it is a fantastic conversation. Tomorrow, uh, the next Rise Together podcast will be my opening keynote from our actual live conference. So Rachel did hers last week. If you didn't hear it, it is straight fire. It will make you feel super encouraged and probably also make you cry a tiny bit. I uh, give my version of my personal growth journey, which was one filled with skepticism, filled with what are you doing and why are you doing it? The person who asked the question, how, how do I get my husband to do X or Y? Um, I, was, I was that person. I was the person that Rachel was hoping would want to reach for better versions of me uh, inside of personal growth, and I rejected it. And so I explain in tomorrow's Rise Together podcast the three things that kept me from becoming the better version of myself, limiting beliefs, uh, mindset, fixed mindset versus growth mindset, and motivation, intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. So I'm a little, I'm a little more uh, kind of teaching-ish against a presentation. I'm going to put some of the presentation slides up on my uh, Instagram so that people who are interested can take a look and follow along. With that, it is day three 
or the first day of the rest of your life. I appreciate you indulging for the half hour this morning and for putting up with the fact that we had to call an audible. You need to be prepared for the fact that life is not going to show up for you during this challenge as you, as you hope it will or as you plan for it to. Make a plan that has a backup plan. Look for the email that we will send today that will give you both the tracker so that you can track your progress. Use colors if you like, it'll make you feel happy. And the prompts for Workbook Wednesday. What does the best version of you look like? Write it down so that as you put it out in the universe, you can either consciously or unconsciously keep yourself a little more connected to whether you're actually showing up the way that you'd like. You are in control of whether you have a good day or not and whether you think you're going to have a good day or not. You're, you're right. So just choose, decide right this second to have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow. If things go as planned, you're going to see Rachel and I think the girls on the girls' trip as a part of this conversation. And if they don't go as planned, you're stuck with me and the color-coded bookshelf behind me. Have a fantastic day. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the Start Today Morning Show podcast. If you want to actually see the episodes, make sure you tune in in the morning every weekday, 8 a.m. Central on Facebook and Instagram on basically every channel we have. Our theme song is from Sarah Sunshine. Follow her at The Sarah Sunshine. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and Kevin Westlake. With production help from Nicole Fisher. And I'd like to give special thanks to Hawk, the fish that will never die. <laughs>